Thanks for tuning in to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast, Safe Talk, with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Hello, hello. How are we doing today? Thank you so much for joining us yet again for another episode of Safe Talk. We really, really hope that you're doing well. So thanks so much for tuning in. Another great episode coming your way. And of course, I'm alongside my partner in crime, the star (laughs) of the show, Jenny Hunter. What's going on, Jenny? Well, I am just looking outside at a beautiful spring day. Finally, it quit snowing. It's sunny. It's actually 60 degrees or so today. So, yeah, it's been a great day, and um, I'm, I'm just happy to be talking to you today. The pleasure is always mine, Jenny. What a time to be locked in here on the Safe Talk podcast. We have a lot of great content to get to during this episode, but before we do so, we want to let you know, of course, that we want you to be a part of this program however you want to be. You can write us an email. You can send us any type of message. Ask us a question. You name it. We are here for you. So if you want to reach out, if you want to connect with us, please Feel free to reach me at William period Floyd 214 at gmail.com. So that's my email address. And then, of course, you can hit me up on all forms of social media Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. The handle is at one Billy Floyd. So there you have it. Jenny, how can they find you? Well, I am on social media under JR's Hunt for Life. That's our nonprofit. It's a suicide prevention and awareness nonprofit. So if you just look up JR's Hunt for Life, you're going to find us and you'll find me. You can message me through Facebook, JR's Hunt for Life. Um, my email, jlh35 at hotmail.com. My phone number in Wyoming is 307-259-6032. Also on the internet, I know that's old school nowadays, (laughs) but if you look up JR's Hunt for Life, you can reach me through that also. Love it. Thank you, Jenny. And with that being said, we are going to lock in for this episode of Safe Talk and continue our conversation that we were talking about last time. And last time we were talking about things people say that are code for I'm passively suicidal. So I think there's 15 things here, Jenny, and we covered seven of them last time. And those seven, here they are for you if you didn't listen or if you just need a quick reminder. Uh, We have I'm just tired. I'm having a bad time. It's been one of those days. I don't want to be here. I don't care. Can this be over now? And I want everything to stop. So it seems like we're 
about halfway through this list, Jenny. If you want, you can continue on going on to our eighth thing that people say, or if you want to go over anything I just said, go through those seven in your own way. Whatever you want to do, you can go for it. Okay, thanks, Billy. So I want to remind everyone that we're talking about code words that people have voluntarily uh, given in these um, studies or these questionnaires. People are, are letting us know what they're saying when they're saying, hey, I'm suicidal or could be suicidal. And the reason, I mean, you might be asking, why are people using like code words and things like that? Well, when someone is suicidal or having uh, this type of um, thoughts or mental illness, one thing they don't want is they don't want to scare people away. They don't want to feel like a burden to people. They don't want to perhaps think that they're going to be institutionalized if someone thinks they're suicidal. So there are many reasons that people use code words. Now, we did talk about code words for I'm absolutely definitely suicidal in prior podcasts. What we're talking about now is code words, code phrases that people might say when they're passively suicidal, which means you want to die. Uh, but you just don't have a plan and you're not acting on a plan because when you're actively suicidal, you do have a plan. Normally you do have a plan and you act on that plan. So these are people that, again, do not have a plan. They have not taken action on a plan. They haven't thought it out. They're just kind of toying around with it. If, if I'm using some kind of vernacular, uh, they're playing around with this, these thoughts. And what I have learned is that when people start thinking these thoughts, it's very, very, very hard to get rid of these thoughts. And the majority of people do at some point decide to act on these thoughts. Um, now, it's important to remember that just because someone doesn't have a plan, that they're not serious about it. Uh, yes, they're serious about it. Um, they're going to need some help. They're going to need someone to talk to. Um, suicide can happen in a split second. Uh, and so even if they don't have a plan, they may be having uh, a serious moment, a breakdown uh of some sort, and they're going to act on their thoughts, even though they didn't have a plan. So I want everyone to know that, that we're going to take these phrases seriously, even though uh, they're called passive code words, passive, uh, they're passively suicidal thinking. So the first one, and these are kind of innocuous statements. I want everyone to know that they they can be harmless or they can mean great harm. So the first one, number eight, is I have a headache. So this person said, when I start canceling plans a lot, I don't feel well or I have a headache. Those are this person's code phrases. And 
<clears throat> doesn't necessarily mean that they don't feel well, and it may not mean that they really have a headache. And this is just this person's code words, like, I, I don't want to leave my house. I'm canceling my plans. And I want to remind everyone that with mental illness, you become, most people that I have seen and have known about become kind of, uh, they, they seclude themselves. Um, they have social anxiety. They don't want to get out. They just want to be in their, in their home where they, where they feel that um, they don't have to explain anything to anybody. They don't have to say, um, they, you know, they're not making plans such as this fella who said if he if he has a plan and he wants to cancel him, he'll say, I have a headache or I don't feel well. And that means that he's being passively suicidal. He is staying at home, thinking thoughts of suicide, which is just as dangerous as any other suicidal ideation that I have ever come across, is they're staying home thinking about ending their life because those thoughts really don't leave their their brains. Um, I know when I have thoughts of certain things that I need to do, something I want, and it goes rolls around in my head over and over and over again, I go out and buy it. If it's something I'm thinking about buying and I've been putting it off or anything like that, something I have to do, I do it because it, it rolls around so much in my head that – I have to get rid of it by doing it, if that makes any sense at all. Um, so let's go on to number nine, because I want to finish all 15 of these in this podcast so that we can move on to our next series. So the next one is, no one cares about me. This person said, no one cares about me. I'm just a heavy burden for my family and my boyfriend. And sometimes it gets better with time. However, this person still has rough times and starts thinking those things again. No one cares about me. I'm just a heavy burden for my family and boyfriend. Now, I want you to listen to this because this sentence, a few things this person says in this statement are diametrically opposed to each other. The first thing is no one cares about me. All right? And then this person goes on to say, I'm a burden for my family and my boyfriend, which means this person has a boyfriend that obviously cares about this person or this they wouldn't have a boyfriend. This person does have family. And for the most part, family does care about each other. So these are thoughts that are coming into this person's head that have caused them to think about suicide. Now, this person also said, I'm just a heavy burden to my family and my boyfriend. Well, if this person has a boyfriend that does care about her, then I I kind of don't think her boyfriend thinks she's a heavy burden or he wouldn't be there. That's just my my thought. So uh, a lot of people that that say these things, I'm just a heavy burden. Um, they say them because they may have 
a physical illness that needs caretaking by a person. They may have a mental illness, which is hard for significant others and family members and friends to uh, be around when this person is actively mentally ill. So I've seen this so many times with military, with uh, veterans and elders, and they feel alone. They feel that no one cares about me. And even if they feel that someone does care about them, they feel like they're a burden because the veteran feels like they don't fit in, they don't belong, they, they, they come back to the states that they've been in uh, conflicts and they, they don't know what to do next. There are so many veterans I've heard this from that they feel like they're a burden um, because they just can't. They're having such a hard time processing and returning to uh, the United States and getting jobs and being with their families. And elders again, feel like they are a burden to their family normally. That's that's the people they feel that they're a burden to. They feel alone because they feel like to their family they're an afterthought because they truly are not involved in a lot of family things. Many times that happens. Um, they don't hear from grandchildren. They don't hear from great-grandchildren. I know myself that we have grandchildren, right? Um, and as your grandchildren, you know, reach the ages that we all do, junior high, high school, they become more involved with their friends and their activities, and the less and less you hear from them. When they were little kids, you got to see them, you got to play with them, maybe keep them over at your house. I mean, all kinds of stuff when they were little kids. And as they started you know, um, getting friends and getting circles of friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and all that kind of stuff, dances, activities, then you kind of feel like you're an afterthought. Uh, You may go to their sports activities, which is fine, but you rarely get to interact with them on any significant level. So I know the elders, I hear that from elders time and time again, that um, they're alone, their family doesn't spend much time with them, and uh, they feel like they're a burden. So that is what number nine means. No one cares about me. I'm just a heavy burden for my family, my boyfriend. Uh, it's it, sometimes it does get better when you get invited to holiday events. That's usually when families get together. But then after the holidays, you settle back in, and you hardly ever see your family. Um, and it 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 is difficult. I will say that um, on my own part, it is difficult because um, our grandkids have moved on to their friends and their activities. And we rarely hear from them, even though we're in the same town. <laughs> so I do understand what that one is all about. Um, number 10, I can't do this anymore. So what I want to say on the next few of these is we need to clarify. We need some clarity. Um, what is it? We're going to ask, what, what is it you can't do anymore? What is it just what we're doing right now? Uh, or is it life? 
well, what is it you can't do anymore? Let's talk about this statement. Um, and this person said, I can't do this anymore. People don't understand that I can't tolerate or cope with the overwhelming emotions. So I don't know from this if the emotions are from a specific situation or if she, she or he, whoever it is, has some suicidal ideations, um, depression, uh, some mental illness going on, which is um, giving this person a hard time to cope uh, in their mind with all of these emotions. So it could be pain, too. It could be physical pain. It could be mental pain. So um, physical pain, I can't do this anymore. Um, People I've had, uh, people that I know say, I can't do this anymore. They're referring to physical pain. They might have fibromyalgia or um, something like that that causes them pain day in and day out. They don't want to be here. They, They are thinking about suicide because of this pain. And on the other hand, they're hoping that maybe some kind of medication or treatment will help get rid of this physical pain. So um, I hear some hope there. Uh, if it's if it's um, physical pain and they have not um, taken their life yet, maybe they're hoping that um, there'll be better times ahead. Um, maybe they're hoping they will get on some antidepressants that will help with those emotions. Um, it could be any number of things. That's why we need to clarify. We need to get um, some clarity on what people are talking about when they suggest these code phrases. And I want to say, Billy, before we go on to a break, that these aren't the only code phrases there are, obviously. These are just people that have um, allowed us to hear their code phrases and they've spoken up and they said yeah i have i have code phrases and these are what they are and i want to say that these people are are being so helpful to those of us that are trying to prevent suicide and bring awareness and i appreciate them so much for talking because most of the time People are not going to tell us what their code phrase is because we'll get down to that here later. But um, they're not going to say what it is, especially um, so that it can be public, you know, publicized. So at any rate, yeah, these are not all the code phrases, obviously. So that's why we need to perk up our ears and listen. And um, I don't know if we've ever done a listening podcast. And if we haven't, we might we might do it. And if we have, we just might revisit that. How do you feel about that? I'm here for it. I love when we talk about listening, don't you? I do. I love it. There's so much to it. And it's so, so, so important. I, you know, and I'm not saying we're looking for the devil behind every bush, but we're paying attention. Uh, in order to help other people. That's that's what we do. You know, when it comes to listening, I always preach to everybody that I talk to that you have to be an excellent listener in this life. A lot of people want to, you know, talk all the time, and I'm all about it. I love 
conversation. I love getting the opportunity to talk. I love when it's my turn to share. I mean, who doesn't, right? But if you want to excel, if you want to be a real person and make real connections, be a safe person, be a helper, be an influencer, be an impactor. If you really want to change lives, if you want to save lives, if you want to leave a legacy, you have to be the greatest listener imaginable. You have to be willing to sit there, consume, look people in the eye, really think about what people are saying, no interrupting, no interjecting. You have to be there understanding that, hey, it's your time to listen up. It's your time to let them talk because the more you let them talk, the more you let them push and push the better off they're going to be. And then eventually when it's your time to talk, you'll have a lot of great things to say, a lot of great advice, a lot of great wisdom to share, whatever it might be. So who's ever listening right now, if you're sitting there and and you know that you're a great listener, congratulations to you. Thank you for doing your part. And if you know that you might not be the best listener, this is your sign to really take a step back and think, oh, okay, like, maybe my relationships will be better and maybe I'll make more of a difference if I get better at listening. So make sure your listening skills are A1. And with that being said, (laughs) we're going to toss this to a quick commercial break, listen on up to what our local sponsors have to say, and then we will catch you right after. Talk, Jenny Hunter, Billy Floyd, we are locked in, and Jenny, you have been doing your thing per usual, ripping through these topics of conversation. I know we have a few more to get to before we wrap things up here on this episode, so I will let you take it away. Thanks, Billy. All right. Are you listening? (laughs) I'm listening as always. All righty then. So number 11 is this isn't worth it. This person said this isn't worth it, this life. But people assume you are talking about whatever the inconvenience of the moment is. And so, yeah, there's many times we say as humans, this isn't worth it. I'm worrying too much about this or I'm spending too much time on that. This just isn't worth it. So we we make our own determination what is worth it and what isn't worth it. But that is not what this person was talking about. She was talking about life. This isn't worth it, life. And so this is another one of those statements that you need to clarify. You need to say what isn't worth it because she she doesn't say life isn't worth it. Her quote is this isn't worth it. And so we need to clarify what what isn't worth it. What What are we talking about here? Are we talking about us sitting here, whatever we're doing? Is this not worth it? Um, you know, and you don't have to go into great depth and great questioning about it. Just say, what? so what do you mean what isn't worth it? And get the clarification there. And when they 
uh, if they wish to offer, I'm talking about life, then you can delve a little bit deeper, find out what's going on with that person, find out if you can help them, um, find out if they want to listen to any suggestions you might have. Um, but if someone's going to just flippantly say this isn't worth it, definitely, definitely get some clarity on that. Um, Twelve. I'm not having a good day. Okay, so I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. Um, <clears throat> this person said, I'm just not feeling good or I'm not having a good day. I would rather not worry people if I don't have to. So I just tell them this. I feel they just wouldn't understand if I really told them. So my question is this. Do you like talking to people that have no empathy or no idea, can't relate to what you're talking about? No. I mean, you're not going to start talking about something that someone else maybe perhaps has no idea what you're talking about, like, oh, um, physics or my, uh, <laughs> for me, I, I have no idea what physics is about or um, just things that I am not. Uh, I don't have in my brain things that I don't understand. So I, I understand what this person means, that she doesn't want to worry people um, because they wouldn't understand. And I, let me tell you something that happened to us when we first lost our son. We thought that maybe going to some uh, family therapy might help. We didn't know. We didn't. Obviously, we had no idea if anything would help, and sadly, we found out that a lot of things don't help, but it, we tried a lot of things. So so we did go to this counselor uh, and told her what we needed help with, and what what a great counselor she was because she right off the bat said, I am not the one that can help you with this. I, I've never lost anyone to suicide. I don't understand it. I don't. I have never worked with anyone that um, may be suicidal, and I'd be happy to find someone that you can talk to that would have more understanding about this. So, I, I mean, thank God for her for saying that to us because she was right. She she could not relate to us at all and so um when this this person in this survey said you know she she only says i'm i'm not i'm just not feeling good or i'm not having a good day because she doesn't want to worry people and um she doesn't think they would understand if she really told them the truth and i totally get that i totally get not uh bringing up um subjects or things, especially uh, your innermost thoughts uh, to someone that may have absolutely no idea and may reject it, may not know what to say to you, may, you know, you may stun them. There's all types of um, behaviors and reactions. So I totally understand where this person is coming from. So um, there again, a little clarity would help. I'm not feeling good. So what's what's wrong? What is it in your body? What's what's going on? Um, maybe maybe I can suggest somewhere you can get some help. And she said, also I'm not having a good day. So 
I, again, what what has happened today? What's causing it to not be so good for you? Um, so as I said, most of these things, you need a little clarity, dig a little deeper. Um, that way maybe you can cause them to talk a little bit more. And this, this is called Safe Talk. So that is what we're about. Um, talk saves lives. You want the person to clarify and give you a little more information so that you can get them to talk and get that out. So number 13, I don't want to be alone. Now this, to me, is urgent. This is an urgent request. This means do not leave them alone, no matter what. Do not leave them alone. I've been in those situations where someone has said to me, um, I don't want to be alone. Don't leave me alone. I can't be alone. That means if they are left alone, they don't know what may happen. Uh, This person said, I don't want to be alone. I say that because I'm scared I might hurt myself, and I don't trust myself in that moment, which is totally and completely true. It It is a cry for immediate help, immediate assistance. I don't want to be alone. And the people that have said that to me, um, and I have clarified that they are suicidal, uh, I have taken them to get help immediately. I do not leave them. Uh, I don't care if they're at home with their family. I do not leave them. They come with me, and I take them for help. Uh, If they're adults, then... um, they agree to it because as an adult, you can't just drag them in <laughs> unless you're going to do a hold on them. Uh, as uh, children, of course, you have to um, get a hold of their parents or guardians or whomever. But that is not a statement that you can ignore at all. So remember that one for sure. I don't want to be alone. And you clarify that they're speaking of suicide. That is the time to get them immediate assistance. And there are also the new 988 lines that you can call, talk to someone at that moment. So I have heard of people doing that too, calling the 988 line, especially if you're somewhere in the middle of the night or you're somewhere where there is no help. There's a lot of rural areas where you can't just drive for help at all hours of the day or night. So uh, remember the suicide lines, 988. That's everywhere in the United States. Um, Here's another one, number 14, it doesn't matter. Again, we're going to clarify what doesn't matter. Uh, What are we talking about here? This person says, in any sort of situation, instead of complaining, I say things like, in the big scheme of things, this doesn't matter, and I mean myself. Now, who 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 would think that? Who would think that this person is talking about themselves, that they don't matter? Um, that's another one of those heavy burden-type feelings. Um, they feel like they're alone. They feel like no one cares about them. So it doesn't matter. You want to clarify what what doesn't matter. What are, what are we talking about here? And do you mean you don't matter? And then you can go from there and see where that person's at. And if they're actually speaking about um, a suicidal thought, 
um, never, never, never be afraid to ask someone a question because you're not going to cause them to start thinking about suicide if you ask them the question. That has been proven time and time and time again. Do not be afraid to ask the question, what, you know, if, if they say it doesn't matter and you say, what doesn't matter? And they say themselves, myself, whatever their answer, are you thinking about suicide? And that is the question. You get that out there to them. They're going to they're gonna talk. They're going to answer you yes or no. And you're going to be able to talk to them and do a little clarification. Um, how immediate is this? Do I need to get help right now? Um, what can I do for you? I feel like I shouldn't be leaving you alone. Is there someone I, somewhere I can take you that you will talk, maybe a doctor, a pastor, a grandparent, whatever the case may be? So, you know, you're, you are not alone as a person trying to help them either. You are absolutely not alone. You can call um, their doctor if they want to talk to their doctor. You can tell them, I'll make the phone call for you. I will take you wherever you need to go so that we can talk about this. <laughs> Excuse me. So. It doesn't matter. Clarify, and all of these past ones we've gone through need that clarification um, so that you will know where on the spectrum are they as far as suicidal ideation. Um, The last one, yay. Okay, well, the last one on our list anyway is number 15, life is my trigger. This person says, I recently told my psychologist the best metaphor I could come up with is life is my trigger. It wasn't subtle, but um, it spoke about this person's suicidal tendencies, (laughs) excuse me, and um, it helped them open up a bit. So life, life is a trigger. Life is my trigger. So that means what's the opposite of life? It's death. That person is suicidal, been thinking about suicide, uh, whether it be passively or actively, the person has been thinking about suicide. Um, and that's the time to say, wow, I've, I've not heard that before. Can you, do you mind elaborating a little bit on that? Because life is my trigger could be good or bad. Remember when we talked about triggers, Billy? And there's good triggers, there's negative triggers, there's all kinds of those. So that's when we say, what What do you mean by that? Is is that something that um, that you need help with? Are you having a hard time with life? Uh, you know, you'll know by the context of your conversation where that's coming from. <clears throat> and so... Life is my trigger. I have never heard that one before. I've heard all these other ones, but I have never heard that one before. So I'm going to have my ears open when it comes to this, um, if I ever hear it again. So what do you think about all these, Billy? Give me your give me your spin on them. Is there anything you had to say about them? You have such a great positive attitude, and I know that you're so um, motivated um, to do what you do and to help here on the program also. So what what are you thinking about all these? I mean, a lot of them, 
are very clear to me um, going through this list. Um, I think the ones that are very clear, uh, honestly, I think the second one that we talked about last time, uh, I'm having a bad time. That is very clear. I don't want to be here. That one is as clear as day. I don't (laughs) care. Definitely very clear. Mm -hmm. Obviously, can this be over now? I mean, that one is just right in your face. Um, I want everything to stop. Another clear one. No one cares about me. Very clear, but very not true. Not true at all. Not true. Someone (laughs) cares about you for sure. I can't do this anymore. This isn't worth it. Um, Another one that is pretty clear, um, life is my trigger, obviously. That is a big, clear one. And then the other ones that I didn't say that are definitely a little more subtle, uh, I'm just tired. Um, It's been one of those days that can be a tough one, too. Uh, I think another one, like I have a headache. That one is a sneaky one because we have headaches all the time. Sometimes we didn't sleep well. We didn't drink enough water. So knowing that one, we got to be on the lookout for that one, of course. Right. Um, right. I'm not having a good day. Sometimes that's a little tricky for me because not all days are good days. In fact, a lot of days are really hard days. A lot of days are considered – not great, but we try our best to make them as best as possible. Um, but I think just in general, <clears throat> in general, I think my biggest takeaway from talking about all of these different things that people say is anytime someone says something that is a little eye-opening, anytime that someone says something there kind of says like, why am I doing this? I don't care about this. I don't want to be here. Why is this happening? When can this end? Like anytime someone says anything like that, yeah, I mean, that's the time where you really got to step in and just even say like, hey, you know, I'm here for you and I know life can be really hard. So just let me know what you want to talk about and let me know how I can help and I'm here to listen. I think that's all that we can do. You brought it up in this episode about listening and anytime we hear something like this, this is when we have to step up and this is when we have to ask the question, especially those really clear ones where someone is obviously not in a good headspace, nowhere near where we want to be. So we just got to take note of that. Like I know sometimes people joke around and, you know, joke around about like, oh, my God, I don't care about my life, or, oh, this sucks, or I don't want to be here, or my life is so bad, or no one cares about me. Like, people over-exaggerate a lot, and people joke around a lot, but sometimes when people joke, like, those jokes kind of stem from a real, true situation, and they kind of try to hide it as a joke. And sometimes even if people are joking, you know, there are people who aren't joking. So we can't take everything that people say is, you know, this isn't serious or they're just saying this, they're exaggerating. Like, no, we got to take everything very, very seriously. So 15 things 
everything that you said, we got to look out for, and I'm sure there's plenty of others too, but these 15 are a really great place to start. So if you are listening, if you are locked in on this episode, please take note of everything that Jenny talked about, everything that she said to us. Um, It was very, very special, very beneficial, and I'm grateful to be a part of what we have going on. So Jenny, Thank you so much for doing your thing. Thank you for letting me do my thing as well. Everyone listening, we appreciate you so much. Thank you for always tuning in, showing your support, being there for this community, and doing your part to change and save lives. So, Jenny, you're the best. Thank you so much. Love you very much. And our listeners at home, thank you for being you. So that is everything and more. Well, thank you, Billy. Love you to pieces. And I want to wish everyone out there a great rest of your week. Be safe. We're here. Email us, question us if you have any questions at all. And remember that hope is the enemy of suicide. Goodbye, everybody. You've been listening to JR's Hunt for Life Suicide Prevention Podcast Safe Talk with Jenny Hunter and Billy Floyd, where there are no judgments and talk saves lives. Jenny Hunter is the founder of JR's Hunt for Life, a suicide prevention nonprofit movement offering hope and support globally. I'm Billy Floyd. I'm a podcast host, a media broadcaster, and most importantly, a positive influencer. Sounds of Soul Music is courtesy of Fearless Motivation. Find out more about JR's Hunt for Life at jrshuntforlife.org. If someone in your life is feeling suicidal, it's important to take immediate action. Here are some steps you can take to help. Number one, stay calm and listen. It's important to approach the situation with a calm demeanor. Listen to their concerns and validate their feelings. No judgments. Let them know you're there to help and support them. Number two, take it seriously. It's crucial to take any suicidal thoughts or feelings seriously. Don't downplay or dismiss their concerns, and don't promise confidentiality if you feel the person is in immediate danger. Number three, seek professional help. Encourage the person to seek help from a mental health professional like a therapist or a counselor. Offer to help them make an appointment and offer to accompany them to their first session. Be sure to follow through. Number four, call emergency services. If the person is in immediate danger, call 911. If it's safe for you, stay with the person until professionals are with them and continue to offer support. Number five, remove potential means. If you know the person has access to firearms, medications, or other potentially lethal objects, try to remove them from the person's immediate environment as long as it's safe for you to do so. If it is not safe for you to remove potential means, advise emergency services of the situation. Remember, 
Suicidal thoughts and feelings are a sign of intense emotional pain and should be taken very seriously. By offering support and taking appropriate action, you can help someone in crisis get the help they need. Another thing to know is that 988, the National Crisis Line, which used to be 1-800-LIFELINE, cannot track your location unlike 911. Therefore, they cannot directly send an ambulance to you and must make several phone calls to do so. Additionally, when you call 988, they will connect you to a regional crisis center based on the area code from which you were calling. So it's essential to know the appropriate crisis line to call based on your location and the level of crisis. If someone actually did something to try to not be alive, call 911 or take them to the ER. If they are thinking about doing something, consider calling 988 first. They can help you decide if you need to take additional steps. Action and ideas are two different things. You can learn how to tell them apart and what to do about it, as well as find more information and support around suicide prevention by joining our private Facebook group at JR's Hunt for Life, a confidential safe space where there's no judgment and talk saves lives.